0: Hello, welcome to Stay Paid, the sales and marketing podcast from Reminder Media where we talk about the strategies and tactics to help grow your business so you can live a life of freedom tomorrow but only if you take action today. My name is Joshua Stike, Vice President of Marketing here at Reminder Media. And with me, as always, is Luke Acri, President of Reminder Media. What's up, everybody? And today we have a very special guest. Not only is this our first outside guest interview ever, but this guy is a true real estate success story. He is a second year agent crushing it right out of the gate with 35 properties sold in his rookie year. He's gone on to sell 29 homes already in his second year and is already top 10 in his area out of 800 other agents. So, Luke... I'll let you do the honors of officially introducing him and telling us about why you wanted to have him on our show.
1: Yes, yes, it's very special for me, and I apologize. You guys can probably tell I uh, my voice is a little shot. I lost my voice at a Tony Robbins conference, so I'm going to still try to bring the energy because Tony Robbins talks about how hey, it's you know it's all a decision, it's all a choice. You can change your energy, your state. But this podcast is super special because this guest on the podcast is actually my younger brother. So my younger brother, his name is Stephen Acres. So Stephen, welcome to the podcast.
2: What is up, everybody?
1: So it's exciting to, I can't believe it. I was thinking about it this morning on my way into work that here I am on a podcast with my younger brother. And it's interesting, Steve, I'm going to let you kind of tell your story, um, just kind of how you got into real estate and stuff. But I remember talking to you, you know, about two years ago, two and a half years ago, and talking about this idea of you getting into real estate. It was something that you were kind of had a desire to do. And it was really important to me at the time because what we had faced in. Rem- Reminder Media is that, you know, we're having a ton of success with our product, American Lifestyle Magazine, but I felt like we didn't have enough boots on the ground. We did not really understand really what it took to be a real estate agent. And so it just happened that the stars aligned And when I was talking to Steven one day, he had brought up the idea about being a real estate agent. And when that happened, I said, oh, my goodness, this would be an unbelievable, yes, unbelievable opportunity to be able to get him as a new agent and really learn the business at a grassroots level, at boots on the ground level, understand exactly what a realtor goes through. And, you know, it's kind of crazy to say you're a success story. But yes, 35 transactions (laughs) in your first year, I think you're what you say you were on track for 270,000 GCI this year, so on track to make um, $270,000. Now, obviously, you know, that's probably not going to be the net profit, but, um, you know, hopefully, you know, obviously we hit that goal and crush it out of the water. But Steve, kind of give us your take, you know, your, just give us a little summary, 30,000 foot view, who you are, why you chose to get into real estate. Tell us a little bit about that first journey. Then we got some questions we want to go through because I think this will be really, really valuable for realtors who are listening to this and just any business in general. Starting a business, yeah. So tell us kind of your your story a little bit.
2: Yeah, so I'm 26 years old. I actually um, graduated from Liberty University. Uh, So I was uh, getting a criminal justice degree about seven years ago. And um, I was going to become a police officer. And uh, anyways, uh,
1: I had change uh, a career a change.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh But ended up having too many points on my record record from speeding tickets. And so that didn't work out.
1: That <laughs> means you belonged in sales because half the yeah. guys on my floor have crazy records. <laughs> um,
2: but uh, yeah, anyway, so I I went to do that. couldn't do that and um, was working two jobs, two crappy jobs at... Um, Walmart and then Snowflex, which is uh, a snow resort um, at uh, Liberty University. And uh, anyways, so I was so tired uh, of doing that and a friend ended up approaching me and uh, said, Hey man, uh, I got a job for you and this isn't real estate um, yet, but uh, he's like, you can work in the call center at Liberty University. And Hmm. so I jumped on board in the call center and honestly, Worst job ever, but best experience <laughs> I think I think I've ever had. So basically, we just dealt with escalated situations over and over again in the financial aid office. People just wanted their money constantly, um, and so it just gave me a really good experience with people. How to you know, as a de-escalate situations and uh, just deal with people, build relationships, all that good stuff. But uh, ended up working there for like three years. And, um, it was about time. I don't know if you did it. Was I the one that approached you or did you mention it? Were the so, so the way
1: I remember it is, um, you had talked about real estate on a phone call like two, two and a half years ago, something like that. Yeah, and yeah. at that moment, it was just like a light bulb going off in my head. And, uh, from that moment, I kind of knew exactly what I wanted to do, which was convince you to jump into the <laughs> yeah. real estate was game. Was to sell you. Yes, yes. to sell
0: yeah. you on getting in this real estate game. <laughs> so, Stephen, what, I mean, kind of go through a little bit since you're, you're new to the business. We talk yeah. uh, to a lot of new salespeople on the podcast and, and just in our business about that first year and how you're kind of taking taking the things that you've learned during your training and then applying them immediately. What's been the biggest challenge that you faced in starting real estate? And then how is that different from your biggest challenge today?
2: Yeah. So it's funny because when you jump into real estate, the the hard part, the the first year is going to be your hardest year because you're dealing with the fact that you have zero leads in zero experience right and so right now I'd say that probably the same struggle I have right now is just uh, you know generating the amount of leads that we need to generate to meet our goals uh, but it's funny because the first year you know you get in and you don't know how to prospect you don't know who to prospect to but you also have zero experience so your conversion rate is so much less like oh, I right, probably had yeah. a 25% uh, conversion rate last year i had so many potential leads that i got from you know making active phone calls whatever it may be but the funny thing is is if you don't have the experience you have a hard time converting those leads so the change from you know um i guess then until now is i'm generating leads but i'm also converting um and you know we can talk about that so explain
0: just kind of get a little granular with the audience here what what are you considering your conversion rate
2: yeah, my, my conversion rate now is only a 50% at 50%. And so, which, you know, it could be from a lot of things. It could be from the seller not, you know, accepting the price that we want, which is still on me because I have to convince them. Um, you know, it could be, I don't have a good you know presentation, whatever it may be, but I'm at 50% conversion rate as, you know, in comparison to that 25%. Is that
0: on list? Uh, is that taking a lead to an appointment lead to a listing taken? Like or is what- that
1: a listing presentation yeah. closed?
2: That's listing presentation
1: Okay. Awesome. Wow. Absolutely. Awesome. So I have a, I think would be really good uh, for the audience. So talk, talk to them a little bit. You did 35 deals, right? Your first year. Yeah. Talk to us a little bit about how that's like where you got those deals from Mm. and how you got it off. You you talk about the biggest pain point is you have no experience and you have no leads. So what did you do to start generating leads? Like where did it come from?
2: Well, it's a funny story because uh, I actually jumped into real estate and my very first day, um, I jumped into a class. At, I, I work at Keller Williams, that's my brokerage, and uh, we're known you know, just for training people. So anyways, we were going through the Ignite class there, and I just remember thinking um, I had a part-time job with the broker Um, owner here at Keller Williams. She actually gave me a part-time job and generated leads for her. Knew nothing about real estate. So uh, anyways, I decided to quit that job. And so I had no income coming in. (laughs) So I just remember sitting in that class going, what am I going to do? Like, this is not like the class was training you how to do a contract, um, not training you how to generate leads or anything like that. So anyways, I knew my brother was in sales. Um, and that's me, ladies thing. and gentlemen, no, that's him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but his big thing is making phone calls, just jumping on the phones and taking action. And so anyways, um, I decided that night it was seven o'clock at night, um, uh, to jump on the phones and call Zillow for cell by owners. So those are a free way. And we're still doing that now. Actually, we're converting a good amount, um, of for sub owners on Zillow, but just a free way. I jumped on the phones. I ended up getting four appointments in one night. And so wow. at that moment, I was like, you know what? This is something I can do. <laughs> this is fun. <laughs> and I don't think I've had as good of a day. It's kind of a God thing to be honest with you. I don't think I've had as good of a day, you know, since then generating that many leads. But uh, <laughs> really, it, it has been active phone calls. and um, And we'll talk about, you know, staying in front of your sphere as well, because that's where most of our leads are generated from right now. Uh, But yeah, just jumping on the phones and taking action on that.
1: Yeah, I love that. It's interesting. Two points that I think you made there that I want to point out is one is you got into real estate, but you still took a little bit of a part time gig working for the broker, working for her. And it wasn't until you basically said, I got to quit this. I got to quit this part time thing and be fully yeah. committed. And that fully commitment, that commitment is really what made you get on the phone. Well, that's burning the ships. Yeah, that's literally yeah. the Cortez. You got to burn the ships, man, and you never go back. Right. And that's I always say, look, the difference between 99 percent committed and 100 percent committed is everything. So that 1%, the difference between 99 and 100, that 1% yeah. is everything in business. And yeah. so that ability that made you go, even if you didn't want to get on the phones, you got on the phones anyways, because you got to eat. And then yeah. lo and behold, you found one of your greatest lead yeah. sources, which is and, calling FSBOs.
2: Yeah, And that's funny, too, because I think it was a blessing burning the bridges in the beginning of um, my real estate career. Um, it can't sustain itself obviously. So you need to have a, a big, why, you know, to your business, you need to know your goals kind of thing. I did not know that in the beginning. Uh, so it was good, you know, jumping in now, I know my goals, I know what I want. I have a vision for what I want in the next five years kind of thing. Um, and that's, what's really going to sustain. So
0: you, how do you, and setting the goals for yourself? Cause that's so huge. How are you holding yourself right. accountable as a, as a business owner, someone working for right. themselves? How are you holding yourself accountable to the goals that you're setting?
2: Yeah, I think the biggest thing probably for me was just surrounding myself with successful people. Obviously, I'm pretty lucky uh, to have Luke here, but uh, he actually, he calls me uh, pretty much every morning and we kind of go over just keeping yourself motivated, I think, and keeping that desire going. Because, you know, you can do anything as long as you build the desire um, of what you want. You know, you, if you do that, then you'll, you'll be able to sustain yourself. So it's constantly immersing myself in podcasts, looking for new ways to build a business and then having someone to check in with you and go, hey, these are your goals. Are you meeting them?
0: That's awesome. Yeah, I remember we would would, uh, talk about whenever uh, we would we would go through our content meetings and things like that. And yeah. Luke would be like, yeah, I was up at 5.30 this morning, called Stephen at 6, told him to get up. Let's get it. Let's get the day going. Yeah. It's so crazy how critical, and it's at all
1: levels, right? I think of the level we're at, it's multi-million dollar business, and you still need accountability partners. Like you need someone that's going to hold you accountable uh, to reaching your goals, because setting the goals is, oh, it's tricky, but it's almost the easy part. But hold- Holding yourself accountable to those goals, it's, it's a great, really
0: really hard. It to is do. a great takeaway for this, uh, from this right here, is is if you don't have a mentor or you're you're younger in the business, and even even if you've been in the business for a little bit you know, who are you partnering with that you can kind of bounce ideas right. back and forth of, and then actually taking action on those ideas, have someone that you're checking in with. Some people do it with professional coaches. Some people do it with family members. Some people do it with just partners there in their office or team members. So if you're not, if you're not doing that, think about who you can start to work with. Who do you respect? Who do you kind of look up to? Who's being successful in your industry and really partner with them? You, you mentioned there, uh, Steven, that, in and part of your, Uh, your passion. And, and even in your bio, I think you said that you have a desire to speak the truth and you kind of, you led that back to like your why you have to have a why. What do you mean by that desire to speak the truth? And how has that, how has that played into your business and how, how you do business with your clients?
2: Right. Well, it's actually pretty cool because it's funny. And we're getting to like the listing presentation and some of the points that uh, I think will make you successful when you're at the listing presentation but part of the speaking the truth comes down to it's going to benefit you in the end. Mm. You know, if you go into a listing appointment, you can win anyone on price. I've had, in fact, I just had a competitor take a listing of mine last week, and uh, yeah. I had an appointment with the guy beforehand. We were making active calls to absentee owners, and uh, anyways, he took it and he overpriced it by twenty nine thousand uh, and put it on the market. So you can win, you can win anything by not speaking the truth. But the truth of the matter is, when it comes down to, you're not, you're not helping anyone. You're not helping your right. business because business is built on repeat and referral business. You're not going to get any Amen. business, any referral business. <laughs> uh, by not yeah. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Uh but not by not speaking the truth. So just coming into it, it was really a benefit to me. I have a moral conviction, you know, I believe in Jesus Christ. I'm a Christian. Um, and so that's part of the reason I, you know, talk about speaking the truth. But um, when it comes down to it, it's not gonna help anyone practically in your business if you don't.
0: So, well, I think um uh, yeah I think a couple a few episodes ago we were going over your unique selling proposition yeah and uh, Luke had brought up um, that as an example in terms of not only how how you're saying that there's 799 other agents out there and right. yeah. that that the passion and that the desire to to enter this business with integrity and honesty is really what's leading you to say, yeah. look, this is what I'm going to do. If this doesn't appeal to you, and you want to list your home for twenty thousand, twenty nine thousand dollars more than what it might be worth, that's okay. There's right. there's there's a market there. There's pages there for you. Here's what I bring to the table. Another thing that you mentioned during your kind of your close, your listing presentation, are your systems. So right. talk a little bit about what those systems are and how you've used that to leverage not only your on your yeah. listing presentation, but then in actually uh, with your inventory, selling homes, etc.
2: Right. So right now it's kind of cool because I, I just hired on um, an inside sales rep and uh, I have an awesome assistant, Kelly Eldridge, but um, we'll be, you know, we make phone calls. Well, at least two hours a day inside sales rep is all day. Um, but they set up the appointment. They put it on my calendar um, to go. Um, and that's um, someone we'll talk about Google calendars. I'm, honestly, uh, I follow a system of daily just putting everything on the calendar. And I just follow that religiously. But anyways, they'll they'll put my appointments on the calendar. I have Kelly Eldridge follow up with the lead. Let them know I'm going to be showing up at a certain time. And um, I do show up at that time. (laughs) (laughs) First key
1: to business, do what you say you're going to do.
2: Yeah, Show up. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, just uh, I show up there. We have a listing presentation. I bring to the table a couple awesome marketing tools um, like the magazine um, that you guys produce and and a couple other things. Uh, But we just follow. We have a marketing plan that we follow religiously that we do for every single listing. And uh, I think part of part of being able to do that, I talk about this in my listing presentation, which is important, is just having leverage. And so I can't do all of the marketing myself. I can't send out the email blast. I can't see, send out the text blast you know, to people. I have Kelly Eldridge, my awesome assistant, uh, who actually does those things, if that makes sense. So I think it's just coming up with um, what what needs to be done, what value can you provide to people, you know, being creative, following um, what other people do, and then just figuring out a way that you can implement that over and over again. Because the truth of the matter is as soon as you start to get you know, 60 transactions a year, you're, if you don't have systems in place, then you're not going to be able to follow through with what you said you were going to do. I think that's such Um, a
0: critical part there is what can you do that you can do over and over and over again with consistency and results. It's interesting.
1: I uh, read a quote today from Grant Cardone and he said, the key to sales is certainty. Right. And yep. and he said that and he was going in off kind of in this thing going the key to sales isn't trust. It's certainty. How certain are you? And it plays into this like sales is all about confidence. And what you're stating here really is I'm confident I can get your home sold mm-hmm. because I have a system that I use for every listing. I, I do that. these bullet points for every year, listing. And it's your conviction and your certainty in that system. And what you guys touched on that I wasn't able to comment on is that. Your willingness to walk away (laughs) is what is critical to closing the deal. Your willingness to look at that listing person or look look at that listing across the couch, that person who has it and go, hey – I only take houses I believe I can sell, and I don't believe I can sell it for $29,000 more. And the reason why I tell you that is because I'm not just in this for my value. I'm in this for your value. And then listening out to them, hey, I do video marketing. Hey, I do Facebook marketing. Hey, I do this 43-point system that I can help you with. It's your certainty and conviction in that system and not wobbling and not just being different every listing presentation, which I think is critical.
2: Which and is I would actually, uh, just to go off of that, just to say that to newer agents, I heard that all the time, you know, listening to Kevin Ward, Tom Ferry, everyone says you need to have that phrase. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, I, you know, there's three things that might happen today. I might take your listing, you know, and you go through it. Um, I might not take your listing because we might not come together on price and you may not want uh, to sell it for the right price. That's going to help you get it sold, um, being able to walk away. But the truth of the matter is, is if you're a new agent, and you still, you don't have that many leads and you're going to a listing appointment. you may only have one for the week, still do that in right. confidence, because the truth of the matter is you're gonna convert so many more people being willing and to we made way.
1: that mistake didn't we how many listings yeah, we did made, we take that we didn't sell over and over yeah really yeah we made that same mistake of just um taking listings priced them too high thinking that that's what's going to help us generate the leads we ended up spending yep. money right you spent yep. your marketing money and not yeah. didn't get anything in return
0: yeah there you go that's that's not theory guys that's practical yep. actual actual advice that happened uh it's why we talk about um Building your vision, building your mission, understanding what your core purpose or your drive or your values are, because ultimately that's what you can build a foundation on. And you're not just going to breeze through, grab a bunch of leads in the first year and then end up maybe failing because you haven't identified that. That's that's why you do it because you're in it for the long game. Speaking of, yep. of failing in the first year, there are a <laughs> lot of agents <laughs> that fail in the first year. Why do you think that is? Um, yeah. From your perspective, what have what have you seen um, that leads you to believe that to kind of be happening? And uh, sure. what have you, what do you feel you've done to to make it into that? Now I, I know that five yeah. years is kind of like the next cutoff point, so you're still you're still in that journey, but it's looking <laughs> right. pretty good. So what <laughs> what are you a long seeing? Way to go. Yeah, it's <laughs>
2: looking a long way. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think uh, you know we've kind of already touched on it a little bit. But the truth is, it's like if you don't, it's like the the Bible verse: "Without vision, you know, the people will perish." And I think if you don't have a good vision of where you want to be, um, this business is very. cut You know, there's 700 agents in uh, my marketplace. I just talked to the number one agent in Northern Virginia um, the other day, and there's 17,000 um, agents in wow. his marketplace. Wow. So. And the truth of the matter is, if you don't have a good vision, it's very cutthroat. You're going to be working 12 hour days to get started. And if you don't know where you're going to be, and if you don't implement the systems to help you meet that vision, that goal, then you're going to fail because you're going to get so trained. Now, Luke keeps saying 800.
0: Is it 700 or 800? Wait a minute. 799.
2: There's actually there's actually a thousand registered agents okay. in our MLS. See, I like didn't seven, even exaggerate. There's
1: actually a <laughs> thousand. I thought Luke kept now up in the number like he does with our goals. Now that I know there's a thousand, that's what I'm going to start <laughs> yeah, yeah. saying. Out of a thousand agents, no. <laughs> yeah. But there's yeah. seven
2: hundred and something active, I think, agents in our MLS at the moment. You know, obviously that changes back and forth. Um, but yeah, just uh, I think vision, implementing the systems to help you meet those, that that vision. Um, and then actually just taking action. So, so let
1: me I, ask you this then, because I think it's important, you know, agents are failing. The stats are like 90% fail within the first two years, right? So agents yeah. are failing left and right. Day one, they get into this business. Right. Where are your leads coming from? So when you look at your deals, yeah. you close 35 deals your first year, you're at, what'd you okay. say, 29 right now? And it's yeah, I'm at uh, 29, yep. And right you're now. a couple months in or four and a half months in, I think to your second year, right? So your, your goal is how many this year?
2: Uh, Our goal. Well, it's it's switched now. I just hired on some people. And so my individual goal was about 60 transactions. Um, Now I'm going to we're going to boost that up to 100 transactions for the year. Awesome. So,
1: you know, you look at the deals you close, where have they come from this year?
2: Yeah, so we actually we just back tried, and I'm glad I'm, my brother, my other brother Mark, is jumping into business. He's taking over fifty percent partnership. Haven't quite announced that yet, so <laughs> Uh oh we got we a special announcement
1: <laughs> on stay paid. Uh,
2: <laughs> he came in the first thing he said which was actually really beneficial and we are tracking our numbers to a certain extent but uh we just sat down we went over all our leads where they're coming from where you know what are these closing coming from and then the other leads that we're not converting as well but uh, most of them are actually coming from our sphere which is kind of imagine it, that one says <laughs> crazy we know that we know it to be true. You know, we know the national you know association, um, their uh, statistics and everything like that. But the truth of the matter is, you're not as active ever with your sphere because I think that they're the most they're the easiest transaction once you get them. And so it's funny to me because we're focused on you know absentee owners, uh, for sale owners, expired listings. You know, you, you name it. We're focused on these active lead generation tools because we're like, where can we get these additional leads? But the truth of the matter is most of them are coming from our sphere, which means that and they're the easiest transaction, which means that we just need to follow up with the people that we know and plug people into our database constantly over and over again.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. You named a couple right there that I want to uh, go over. So they okay. basically yeah. you're you're actively calling FSBOs, expired, expires, absentee, absentee owners. And yeah. so you're... Uh, actually doing that actively every day, but oh, yeah, you absolutely. also have this referral source or this sphere of influence source that you have. Yeah. What about your internet leads, right? Cause I know you're doing internet leads. So you right. tell a little bit about what you're doing on Facebook because I think it's important for everybody to hear because right. I really do think it's a cumulative effect. Like I'm a firm believer yeah. in marketing. It's not just one avenue. It's the right. active phone calls. It's the keeping in touch with your sphere through American lifestyle magazine, like you're doing right. It's the, we haven't even talked about geographic farming. We're doing some geographic farming. And then you have your Facebook that's happening. So tell a little bit about what you're doing on Facebook right now.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, the, the truth in there was, was kind of funny is we're doing a ton of branding with our Facebook ads, and we're really trying to hone in on actually capturing uh, leads from Facebook as well. And don't get me wrong, we still are. We're just not uh, capturing as many as we could. Uh, you know, you watch Joshua Smith or Grant Wise or any any of these uh, leaders out there, and um, you know that we can capture more. But uh, most of our Facebook leads have actually come from our sphere that we didn't do a great job of actively you know, pursuing, but they know that we are present in the community, which is really cool because the my philosophy has been from the beginning, when I jumped into real estate is it's hard to be good, but as soon as you become good, you'll be great because you're getting the amount of transactions to impress people. Your brand is being spread throughout the community through signs, through referrals, you know, by doing a good job. And so we're really honing in on Facebook to do a lot of branding, showing listings, you know what I mean, that uh, uh, we're putting on the market, showing that they're pending, showing that they went sold. But uh, we're really honing in, trying to hone in on actually capturing, you know, those leads uh, from Facebook. We've we've got a couple.
1: Tell them what happened to you when you went into the bank the other day. This is the second time it's happened to you at a different bank. It's
2: happened happened to me twice. I went to Luke and I were actually investing in real estate as well. So we're kind of trying to put our money where our mouth is kind of thing. But um, I walked into the bank to make a mortgage payment. And uh, the teller there was just like, oh, Adrian. He's like, uh, I see your name everywhere. And uh, it was really cool because he said he was actively looking uh, for a property. So I just uh, I grabbed his card, put him in the database, That's and uh, I'll be following yeah. up with him in the next couple of days.
1: Don't miss that point, people. He grabbed Grab his, his card, paired. put it in the database. Yeah, it, it, You have to do that. You have to. Everybody you meet in this life, it's, uh, I always tell people, a no is not a never. Right? I right. know it's not an ever. Just because someone's not going to buy today doesn't mean they're never going to buy. Yeah. And so you just got to segment your leads. And we don't yeah. do the best job segmenting our database, meaning, like, I don't want people listening to this thinking it's simple. There's so many mistakes that have happened and so much money lost um, over this past year and a half that you've been doing. But what the yeah. critical thing that has separated you from all these other agents that I see that are failing is that you're just persistent and consistent. And even 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 though you might not have the best method at the time, or even though you might not have the best system, you're consistently working it. You're persistent in your pursuit of your goal and your pursuit of actually closing these deals. And that's what's translating. So just that proactive nature is what is key.
2: Yeah, I mean, I would say that as well, because I I think that once you hear, um, you know, all these speakers online, they make it sound like they're. Not human. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. That they're not plugging away. When I wake right. up, if I wake up, you know, at five o'clock in the morning, <laughs> I'm doing that less and less. Now I need to uh, get back into it. But the truth of the matter is, it's it's going to be difficult. It's going to be one of those things where you feel like you're not doing it right at some point in time. But you just got to keep getting up and keep pursuing it. Keep doing. Well, it. yeah, and it's then, that like,
0: Instagram filter where it looks like oh, it looks so perfect. But yep. then you don't see the hard work, the passion, the drive, the daily, what you're doing every single day to make that happen. Absolutely. It would even in that scenario with the bank, it would be so easy to walk out and there would be like, man, that was cool. Someone recognized right. me. <laughs> right. But just knowing what your goal is and knowing, OK, my next step here is to get that individual's name, get them into my database and follow up with them later to make sure that I'm there whenever they're ready to make that decision.
2: Yeah.
1: What's your biggest mistake? Like you look back over the over the first year and a half, what, what's been the biggest mistake? Our mistakes, I guess. Yeah,
2: I will say it's kind of funny because this actually doesn't go you know to Legion. You'd think it'd be something where not converting leads or something like that. I think my biggest mistake, which is so costly and consuming time, was not taking responsibility for certain things. And um, I know that that sounds stupid, but like when you're in the transaction, there's so many things that can go wrong, especially being a newer agent. And if you just take the responsibility do it with a a smiling face you know what i mean always be energetic with a person never put it on your client's um plate you know what i mean it's on your plate whether or not is there a mistake or not it's on your plate, you're the real estate professional. So I think honestly, the biggest thing for me has just been taking responsibility for whatever goes on, whether it's a crappy agent on the buying side and you're you know the listing agent, um, whether or not your client did something stupid like tried to void the contract without telling you. you know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, do it, get their money back. They're going to refer you, um, and you're going to get business uh, from them. That's
1: powerful. Take responsibility. That's powerful. In fact, that triggered something in my mind that I thought was amazing. That spoke to me when you, you know, I'm coaching you, right. But in in the end, I'm actually getting coached in in a way because you said something the other day, it happens all the time, but you said something the other day that I thought was really powerful of and would help new agents, even veteran agents, is you were struggling to, after the inspection took place, right? You were struggling because you were going and you were presenting to the person all that was wrong in the inspection. Tell that thought that you told me the other day on the phone which was, that little mind shift that you've done—that's done—made all the difference on people actually following through with the close. Yeah,
2: I'll tell you what—you know, taking responsibility, always doing things with a smiling face, but uh, presenting—I I always would go into these repairs, right? And I don't know what I was thinking like back then because now it's just so clear to me. But um, you'll have these repairs that will be, you know, two grand, which is actually not that much in the grand scheme of things. You know what I mean? Right. When you're making the personal, you know, $250,000, whatever it may be um but i'd always approach it and go look unfortunately you know <laughs> uh, unfortunately they're asking for two thousand dollars in repairs and then now my approach you know it obviously has to be in the benefit of the sellers so don't get me wrong but if it's in the benefit of the seller to accept and do their responsibility mitigating radon or you know repairing a deck whatever it may be but um taking responsibility and going hey look you know, I've seen some pretty bad inspection reports in my time, and I'll tell you what, this actually isn't as bad as uh, I would have thought it would have been. You know, coming through, they only asked for two thousand dollars, you know, worth of repairs, and it's something you know, and pointing them back to you know. You're about to make $250,000. That's top of market value. And you're about to spend only $2,000 and you're not even going to spend it really because it's going to come out of the proceeds of the house. You know what I mean?
1: (laughs) Just that mind shift, just the confidence in your delivery and the positivity has made all the difference on helping you see through these closes. So you got to stay in agreement. You got to stay positive when you're going for the close. I love it.
0: So what are things, just to kind of wrap up, Stephen, I want to hear from you. What are some things we've talked a lot about consistency? We've talked a lot about processes, systems. Um, What are a a few things, a handful of things, maybe three things that you do every single day without fail that have attributed to your success so far?
2: So listen to everyone. Don't just listen to me. Listen to everyone on (laughs) Legion.
0: I mean, we're so dumb because
2: what happens is you get into the business and you Legion for two hours on the phone and you're getting yelled at just like back to the financial aid office i was just getting yelled at you know escalated situation after escalated situation but you don't get a lead for that day you know what i mean and you start to feel like you're getting nothing right Mm -hmm. in real estate honestly you can do 30 transactions and make good money And so if you think about not getting a lead for the day, it's really not that bad. And so anyway, it's just continually lead generating uh, without fail every day. And I wouldn't necessarily say that I've had – systems in place where i lead in from you know eight to eleven every day i'm not that focused i need to be but i will say i did come in a ton seven to you know eight if i didn't leech in throughout the day um if i didn't do i i lead generated every day nice and so the biggest thing i think is just make sure you follow what people say get on the dang phones uh, (laughs) get on the phones get get out in the community you know
0: talk to knock on the doors
2: exactly And then I I guess the other thing that I make sure I, I, we talked about the responsibility taking, this is so important. I mean, answer the phone, answer the phone, do it in a good attitude. You have a smiling face when you're doing it and take responsibility for whatever is on that end.
0: That is a servant Uh, mindset. Absolutely.
2: Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And then I guess go ahead. I'm sorry.
0: No, you had another.
2: Uh, Yeah. Just one more. Just like the, uh, Uh, basically focusing on your goals. So we always go back to what do you want? You know what I mean? You did a 12-hour day. You may not have focused at all, and you feel like you're just being thrown or tossed around throughout the day. Take some time. Focus on where you want to be. If if you're not where you want to be, then either leverage out your business to, you know, focus more on your goals um, or, you know, just take action on what you need to do after that because you need to know where you need to be in five years, basically. Love it.
0: So cool. Well thank you so much, Stephen, for coming on, being our first guest. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. That was that was fun. Thanks, guys. Is it enjoyable?
2: Oh, it's awesome, man. I love
0: it. <laughs> I love it. All right. We are Stay Paid Podcast. Check us out on Stay We'll have uh, episode notes uh, up on that. Uh, check us out on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, we will be going live every week. This uh, episode is recorded so there isn't a live video for this, but we will have video up on our YouTube page, youtube.com slash Reminder Media. For this week, uh, I am Joshua Steich.
1: And I'm Luke Aker, and I'm going to close with this, guys. We always try to close every podcast with an action item, and just listening to Steven speak right there. You know, I think your action item really should be those three takeaways, which is how are you lead generating every day? Right? How are you making sure that you take responsibility for the actions that are happening in your business, good or bad, your fault or not your fault? And then third, right, is... Give me the third, Steve, one more time. Uh, the vision. You know, yeah, the, the vision, top. the focus goals. On goals where you be. Focus on your goals. Teamwork, baby. Yeah, That's focus the on your goals. I think right those there. are unbelievable action items that I want to do in my own business, in my own life. And so do that. Check us out, like Josh said, on StayPaid.com or StayPaidPodcast.com. But the difference between a top producer and a mediocre producer is top producers take action. So take action on that today.